Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 6th of February, 2023, on Monday. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Uh, Scotty, uh, not a great day for the local market, but hey, could be worse. We could be the Hang Seng Index, which is down more than 2% right now. Yeah, we probably got off a little bit uh, easier than other markets. Maybe the lower Aussie dollar help there, but uh, certainly we'll get to it in a second. But uh, M&A activity... Uh, always helps to get the uh, the juices flowing of this market, and uh, yeah, certainly the material and energy space today was where the action was at, and uh, Marswood was an overall pretty uh, pretty weak start to the week. Yeah, because we had that uh, terrible lead in from the United States after that blockbuster jobs read. I don't think we need to go too into that now, as it was Friday. Uh, but to your point, seven thousand five hundred and thirty-nine is the final figure for the S&P ASX 200, down by a quarter of 1%. But we've got the Aussie dollar back below 70 US cents, 69.38, round about there as we record this podcast. But let's go there, Scotty, shall we? If we uh, take a look at the market map, um, you can't help but look past, well, BHP Rio Shore in positive territory, but it's Newcrest Mining. Uh, you know, shares are up by close to 10% by the end of the session. That is a massive, that is a big uh, bid being put on the table by, um, you know, that global powerhouse, Newmont Mining. Yeah, it uh, makes our little uh, Newcrest seem very little on the global sphere. I think we're talking about a massive company, of course, but uh, yeah, Newmont uh, is uh, the biggest of the biggest. So looking to go and consolidate, which probably gives you a bit of a signal as to where it believes the gold price is going longer term. Uh, interestingly, I know it's a top-down view as to what the signaling is there. Yeah, interesting. I read some research by Baron Joey saying, look, there are a number of levers that uh, Newcrest could pull as it tells shareholders to take no action. It says that it could look to um, defend against this bid if it wants to by breaking itself up, potentially breaking out Lahir. Um, you know, it's got uh, some pretty pretty good, um, you know, assets on its books. It says that it could release additional information to the market on key projects um, and non-core assets might be considered for sale. So that's if it was looking to strategically break itself up to realize shareholder value. Uh, if, in fact, this Newmont bid is not found to be... Um, you know, top dollar, but uh, also just read some research from Jeffrey saying that, look, there could be potentially some sort of a bidding war for Newcrest. Somebody else could come out of the woodwork, you know, if if these assets are really deemed to be valuable and, and can be got at a good price. So, look, I dare say, Scotty, will be talking about Newcrest uh, for quite some days now. We're talking to you, Barrett Gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all those big powerhouses overseas in Canada and the U.S. Okay, so look, we will be watching Newcrest. Um, what else happened out there today, Scotty? I'll tell you. 
We had some earnings coming in. Nick Scally, ARB, Dexis uh, Convenience REIT. Um, you know, he, here it is. They'll start tr trickling in in a more meaningful way. Yeah, uh, Nick Scarlett was a really interesting one. Uh, had a lot of positive things to go and say, but yet again, no guidance. Now, yep. either it just comes out, it should be official and say, we're not going to go and provide guidance and get it over and done with. But I've written an opinion piece about this company in the past, about this very act, and I'm not surprised to see the market absolutely savage it because uh, the clarity out there, despite all the headwinds facing the consumer and everything else, we're seeing what's, what's happening at the moment. It looks pretty good. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that the market didn't like the fact that uh, the company didn't feel like giving any guidance as to what may play out over the second half of the year. Yeah, I thought it was really weird, actually, the way that they phrased it as well. Um, you know, January has come in better than expected, usually the strongest month, but we'll have to see how things evolve from, I think it said February through to April. So that's like, yeah, pretty much the entire half. You know what I mean? Of course, of course, you're mm. going to have to bloody well see how things play out in the coming months. That's that's par for the course. So, yeah, it was the stock of the day. Why don't I just go there? It was the stock of the day. Take a listen to what our expert guests had to say about Nick Scully. I wouldn't say rattled, but, um, you know, initially confused until you read the outlook statement. Um, you know, it, it was a really good result. Uh, but the question I would put to is, you know, is this the top of the market for them? Yeah. Um, you know, January's strongest trading month. Well, you know, January's been pretty good for everyone. Uh, but these interest rate uh, hikes um, could start biting. Um, Nick Scarley tends to be top end um, uh, retail. Yeah. Um, but you might lose some, at, you know, some some consumers that are at the top end but may move down to the middle middle of the road consumption. That's the we've got a couple on the show today, so I think that's the general theme. I don't think there's any need to be, especially in that um, you know sort of uh, really discretionary sector like Nick Scarly, um, where you don't necessarily have a need to buy those products. Right. As we get the high cost pressures, you know a lot of fixed uh, mortgages coming off in the middle of the year, in line with those interest rates probably peaking in June. Yeah. Uh, the cost pressures are going to get more and more. Um, you know, savings rates have come down quite a bit. After yeah. everyone sort of stashed away a fair bit during COVID, so yeah, too right. Um, you know, everyone's feeling the bite, and uh... yeah, okay. So even though Nick Scully says that uh, inflation and rising rates isn't hitting. Uh, you know what's going on just yet. Uh, Francesco De Stratus from Ordmanet is throwing some shade on uh, that assumption. So there you go. You can listen to that entire episode of the call. I think another retailer came up. There's a, there's a number of cells actually today. So that might, you know, sort of speak to market sentiment as well. Scotty. Yeah. Do we have a, a super sell? We had a, a super buy. Do hmm. we have a super sell this month? I don't think we had a super sell today. There was one on Friday, I think. I can't remember what it was. Mm. Um, but yeah, we should... Um, we should we should get on top of that, Scotty. We will do that. I will make that my mission. All right. I had a, a number of great conversations today. Uh, just to stick with the earnings season theme, I spoke with Elise Kennedy from Jarden. So she was previewing some of the expectations for some of these tech companies in particular. So we talked about, actually, we didn't talk too much about some of the biggest companies. You know, we always talk about Zero and Technology One. Talked a little bit about Zero. We focus more on wise tech and also this small cap that keeps coming up in conversation called Site 
minder. Um, so yeah, if you want to take a listen mm-hmm. to that, she she likes the company. Um, but again, when it comes to earnings season in these tech companies, it's all about cash flow. That's what they'll be going straight to, and also guidance. Even though recognizing that it's going to be really difficult for you know particularly some of these tech companies to offer hardcore guidance. That's what we want to see as investors. Yeah, we don't have a pandemic to go and deal with now so much. So yeah, let's stop uh, with all the excuses and actually go and provide some sort of impetus as to what we're looking at. That'll be helpful. Yeah, um, and uh, not only that, but, you know, uh, rates, yeah, the scenario. Well, I don't know, Scotty, what do you think? Do you think the scenario for this whole um, pause, pivot, narrative changed significantly on Friday with that jobs read? No, but it's just a reminder that everyone was getting well ahead of themselves, including you could probably argue some of the Federal Reserve members as well in the FOMC about this soft landing mantra. Very, very strong data and no real you know, scary things in the wages component that average hourly earnings. But it just shows you at the moment uh, very, very tight labour market conditions. And if we see a reacceleration in economic activity over the course of the next couple of quarters, Inflation could easily start to go and pick back up again, uh, led by those services components. So, little reminder that uh, we're not looking at some uh, some gentle slowdown. There's a lot of risks ahead, uh, particularly the upside when it comes to those inflationary pressures. Yeah, and that goes here as well. I mean, it was services in that inflation read that we got. To- well, it's now going on three weeks, four weeks ago, in our surprisingly strong inflation read uh, that could prove to be more sticky than some of that goods inflation. Um, And we have the RBA tomorrow, of course. So 25 basis point hike is penciled in. I had a good chat with um, Tano Pelosi from Antares Capital today. And uh, yeah, if that data comes in strong um, from here on in, I mean, the, the RBA might have to hike as high as as four percent wouldn't you agree yeah it would be very damaging to the economy the household sector in particular i remember doing a podcast uh over a year ago now with a a bunch of people and one of the guests on the other podcast when it made the assertion that potentially we're going to get to four percent cash rate and i remember started chuckling out loud and saying you might as well go get the kerosene and uh, and light a match and go and burn sydney property market because that's what i think would happen if we got to those levels but we're not far off from them now we're doing all right but uh yeah if we got to those kind of levels a lot of cash flow hit to our household budgets. Yeah, yeah, that that's, um, you know, I don't want to overstate it. I mean, that's what the problem is, isn't it? All these really indebted households mm-hmm. in terms of mortgage debt and all of those fixed mortgages rolling over. Hey, I've got, I've, I've got, you know, a wall that I'm going to have to climb at some point, like most other Australians. Um, yeah, dealing with this rising cost of living. Um, I bought cereal half price at Woolworths. I bought four boxes because I thought I may as well because it's half price. Kids are just going to have to eat it. Um, all right. So China, let's talk about China. Rising geopolitical tensions uh, did sort of take the wind out of the sales of markets there. Um, but it's interesting, the news flow as well. We're seeing the Australian trade minister today saying that he's agreed with his Chinese counterparts to enhance trade dialogue at all levels. So they're looking at as a, this is a, a pathway toward the timely and full resumption of trade. I, there are so many reasons China is one to watch. Trade is one, geopolitics is another, but also just its impact on the inflation environment, don't you think, as it continues to reopen? 
yeah, look, we've had this conversation a couple of times now about the potential, particularly given how perilously low a lot of uh, commodity stockpiles are around uh, various parts of the world. We do see a sudden positive demand shock coming through, undoubtedly. But the, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how the Australia-China relationship is, uh, is, is, is becoming stronger again. We've always been that kind of mediator between the US and China because of our strong trade flows. Uh, with China and obviously our strategic relationship with the United States. And maybe we're reverting back to the, the mean in that sense uh, from what we've been uh, up until the last few years. Yeah. Um, so we will be watching China. But I brought it up because, again, a number of conversations today. I mean, uh, Isaac Poole from Moriana Financial Services still very bullish on China. And I had a chat with Dr. Joseph Lai. You know him. Um that was mm-hmm. on the global view this morning and yeah he reckons that uh yeah there's still a lot of investors that are not yet uh invested in china you know to take advantage of the uptick that's likely to happen you know what else was interesting is is he thinks that there's a lot of bargains on offer in india right now just because of the adani disaster which has dragged down a lot of these um you know these chinese or sorry indian companies so he's he's looking there for opportunity right now good chat he's a nice guy yeah let's uh and very uh you know puts things into ways you can go and explain it doesn't overcomplicate the uh, obviously it's a very complex task to go and invest in, in foreign equity markets but he makes it uh, nice and palatable to aussie investors so definitely worth your while to go and uh, watch that video on the site mm-hmm. um scotty just sorry i feel like i'm jumping around a little bit here but um retail trade volumes did we learn anything uh from that today we saw volumes falling by 0.2 percent in the december quarter retail trade excluding food fell by a larger 1.6%. I mean, I guess that's pointing to a bit of weakness in um, in discretionary spending at least. Yeah, durable goods uh, are on the nose and it gives me a sense that the uh, what we'll see when it comes to the services consumption side of the equation in the national accounts when they're released uh, early next month will show a very, very strong increase in that uh, that volume uh, component, so clearly that switch in spending patterns away from goods to things is uh, is continuing. But uh, more broadly, I think that uh, both are probably destined to be very weak uh, in the coming quarters. Okay, um, so RBA tomorrow. Uh, I actually don't know what's on the agenda in the states tonight. We I. I do think that Monday is quite quiet in the States going by memory. I know that we do have Jay Powell speaking tomorrow, which will be interesting. There's always uh, a couple of Fed speakers that seem to go in and jump out uh, when you least mm-hmm. expect. So that's who you probably be paying pretty close attention to. But it really comes down to more information flow. To me, the data release that came out on uh, on Friday evening, lots of uncertainty about how to go and read the payrolls and the household survey, given we saw lots of adjustments to population and uh, industry uh, characteristics and the like. But the ISM non-manufacturing PMI, that's very hard to augment. And I raised a few question marks about whether weather might have played an impact in that really soft spell of data we saw in December in the States. Well, that snap back in, uh, in January suggests that maybe that was a feature. And if that's reflective of what's going on across the broader services sector in the States, well, then the Fed cannot go and slow down with the other rate hikes just yet. Uh, any hopes for imminent pause will probably be dashed. Okay. Well, listen, uh, we will continue to watch that watching brief as well as the $16.9 billion bid that's been put on the table for Newcrest by Newmont. Uh, lots of, of uh, columns will be written about that one, no doubt. But we're watching Asian shares in particular come under a lot of pressure. The dollar is firming. 
Uh, we've got uh, the S&P ASX 200 ending the day down by a quarter of 1% to 7,539. Boy, small caps were hit hard with the Emerging Companies Index off by 1.5%. And Scotty, as we speak now, so post-market close, we do have e-minis in the U.S., both S&P 500 and NASDAQ e-minis coming under pressure. So, yeah, I, I, anything could happen tonight. It'll be an interesting one, and it's pretty quiet on the earnings front in the States as well. Yeah, so it's uh, still a bit of fallout. There's still probably a bit of uh, weak positioning in the short term as well. A lot of those uh, trades that we saw, no fan favorites, you know, ditching the dollar, no buying bonds, buying equities. There's probably still a little bit of uh, weak hands available there. But things can change pretty rapidly. We're only a headline away from uh, maybe a, another abrupt move. But for the time being, it's looking a bit sloggy to start to the week. Okay, so Newcrest, the best performer. We saw PEXA shares um, jumping by close to 3% after uh, brokers started coverage. Uh, on the flip side, though, we did see weakness amongst a lot of those lithium names today. And uh, Brainchip as well, shedding about 6%. So, yeah, uh, a bit of a motley crew when it comes to some of the best and worst performers. Uh, look, have a good night, Scotty. Same to you. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Cool. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23.